Hey guys, before we get started on the episode, this is episode 209 and we had Lindsay Matthews on the show, but we want to talk about 4Athletics, 4Athletics.com, the discount code GGW. Did you back up your leggings, Claire? I did. And I'm also (laughs) really excited because they just released their mesh leggings. Who doesn't love mesh? I really love mesh. I like, I feel like I love mesh. I think, I feel like we've had this conversation before where I was pregnant during like the heyday of, of <laughs> totally the, the, the beginning of the mesh movement. Yes! And so I missed out on the whole first summer of mesh. Oh. And so I've really been like, just, I really feel like I need some to make up some ground when it comes to I mesh. So I'm very excited. About I'm these. so happy for you. That's <laughs> actually a huge deal. So oh. um, the uh, the leggings are awesome. You guys have seen us posting pictures of the tank tops and Claire wore her Girls Gone Wad exclusive tank top. Maybe it'll make a comeback in the near future. Um, I had my blue one on for 4th of July and I had one on this morning too. And I swear to goodness, every time I wear my four athletics, I just like rub myself. <laughs> it's so soft. I like rub my belly. Everyone's like, not creepy. <laughs> not creepy scott's always like is your stomach upset i'm like no my my tank tub's just so soft (laughs) so you guys can support the podcast by supporting four athletics we love four athletics they are the best people on the planet to work with four athletics that's f-o-u-r athletics.com thank you for supporting four athletics and you can also sign up for their ambassador program so that has been hugely successful you don't have to be a crazy instagram a bazillion followers to become an ambassador but check out that program and get signed up so you get more discounts and more awesome deals with four athletics and that uh, discount code also ggw lets them know that we sent you this week on the show Lindsay matthews from birth fit claire we had an awesome conversation with her about this yeah i'm really excited for you guys to hear this um so when Lindsay was last on the show we covered um pre-pregnancy prenatal you know being fit and staying healthy during your pregnancy and we ran out of time before we could get to actual the postpartum period which is significantly more difficult for most people than than pregnancy and you know not a lot of people talk about how difficult it is and and it's tough to um, know what to expect and it's so different for everyone just like pregnancy and so we really get to dive in with Lindsay about um, what what you can expect and also just how to have realistic expectations for, for that time period so we hope you guys love this episode um you can check out Lindsay at um, birthfit and um, they just have so many amazing resources if you are pregnant if you are postpartum if you're thinking about getting pregnant or and or all of the above if you think if you are a coach or just have pregnant mamas or new mamas in your life and you want to know how to support them they are an absolutely amazing resource all right here's the episode How's it going? It's good. It's going great. We we have missed you. It's been I looked at the episode number and the last time you were on was one ninety four. So it wasn't that long ago, but everyone just loved you so much that we had to have you back. And what month was that? Do y'all remember? Um it was end of March. Okay. Yeah, it didn't feel like that long ago. Yeah. But I feel like when we last time we had you on 
by the end of the episode, we were like, oh my God, we didn't even talk about postpartum. We didn't yeah. even talk about, it's like, that's kind of a big topic we probably should get to. <laughs> yeah, the other side. Yeah. <laughs> um, but let's, let's just kind of catch up for a minute. You have been doing some big things this summer. Yeah, it's already summertime. It And it's crazy because the weather finally is warm in SoCal, like Venice, mm-hmm. Santa Monica area. You can tell it's summer when the weather shifts out of like June gloom into, oh, we can actually go to the beach today. So, yeah. <laughs> I remember good. my yeah. older brother used to live in San Diego and he was like, nobody tells you about June gloom. Everyone says like, oh, it'll be nice by the end of June. And he's like, it's nice everywhere by the end of June. No, it was, a, it was a thing when I first moved out here. This was like in 2006. I was freezing all the time, like in May and June. I thought, what in the heck is going on? Like, these are supposed to be perfect days. But yeah, it's this June gloom is this thing that nobody tells you about. <laughs> <laughs> and you're from Texas, yeah. is that right? Yeah, around right outside of Austin in a town called New Braunfels. Ooh. I know. <laughs> sounds fancy. I know. It's a German town, so that's where the... It does the sound name- very German. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. So what all have you been up to this summer? How's the... I mean, I, I see that there's a lot of new stuff coming up. There's like, you guys are really building out the community and all your different regions. Yeah. There's a lot going on. And people, when people ask me that, I'm like, I have no idea where to start or tell you what's going on, but uh, I'll do my best and I'll probably (laughs) leave something out. (laughs) Um, We're definitely trying to, um, I want to say like solidify, iron out some more regional directors for the 2018 year. And um, I call, like, I separate each regional director class by their year. So at the end of, like, 2017, we'll accept and we'll do interviews and um, everything for the upcoming 2018 calendar year. And then if people are selected and they go through the training process, then they'll be lumped together as the regional directors of the, you know, class of 2018, which is kind of funny sounding it sounds like you're back in high school or college but um (laughs) it's like the easiest way for us to like keep track of each other yeah um (laughs) so is the is the goal that you kind of like turn over and get new not necessarily turn over but that you like get new people each year or is it kind of like just a way for people to not have to feel like they're committing for life no definitely um you're committing for life no um (laughs) (laughs) um no and we like to um well, each year, let's say if somebody comes on, um, we like to think of the whole first year as an internship. Um, the first three months are training, and it's done all online, like webinar style. And then um, the regional director will launch their first event. It's usually a postpartum series. And um, and then they come to the BirthFit Summit, which is what I'm getting ready for. So um, that all happens within the first six, seven months of the year. And then, you know, after that training, if you're a new regional director, you usually feel more confident and like you have like wheels on the ground and the fall is a little more, um, I want to say relaxed, chill, good to go. Um, but yeah, once somebody's in, they get paired with uh, a big sister. So, that person also kind of helps them through the process of the whole first year. Um, our regional directors are, are 
like leaders in the community. We want them to be like, you know, we want them to hold the standard as we would say at Deuce Gym. But um, these people have to be well versed in not only fitness and chiropractic, but nutrition and then the birth world, which is a whole, I want to say underground kind of thing that you have to navigate. And it's different for every city, every state, every community. So, you know, there's a lot of responsibility that lies on the regional director's shoulders, which is why it's such an extensive application process. And then um, training. It sounds like a lot, but um, I think six months is kind of too short for training. But that's what it is. (laughs) So if I were just like, you know, living in Denver and got pregnant and was like, hey, I want to reach out to my regional director, what types of like, what would I reach out to her for? Like, what kind of a resource would she be? Sure. And I'm sure. saying she, but I'm assuming they're mostly slash all women. They're all women right now, <laughs> which <laughs> we're definitely fair. open to anything. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't know what the future holds, but uh, definitely all women right now. Yeah. Uh, we've had tons of guys attend our birth fit coach seminar. Um, so there's room for males to get involved on any level. But, um, yeah, if somebody got pregnant and they were in Denver and they could reach out to birth fit Colorado um on the like simplest terms you could just set up a birth fit basics consult with her and that's like oh shit I'm pregnant I need some direction I don't know what to do oh shit Uh, (laughs) oh shit I peed on a stick it's positive (laughs) let's figure this out (laughs) um and usually you know we'll either um like in our locations we like to do these consults one-on-one like in person so Melissa is our birth at Colorado uh, regional director, and she's amazing. She We call her Magic Mel, but um, she would <laughs> set up a time to uh, meet with you. And, um, you know, it's usually about an hour, hour and a half, and we kind of dissect what, you know, who you are, what you do, what your birth desires are, and even some of your fears. And then we follow up with a... Um, uh, you know, some recommendations based on our four pillars. So fitness, nutrition, chiropractic, and mindset. And then we may, like, if you're like, okay, cool, I got this. This was all I needed. This turns me in the right direction. You know, maybe you start listening to the podcast or we give you some good book recommendations or whatever, you know. Um, That may be the only time you see us. And then, you know, check in here and there by email. Um, Or you can join the uh, prenatal training online, or you can join. Most of our regional directors have um, personal training or women's group fitness classes. Um, mm-hmm. So that's one one way to get involved. Another kind of option as you go down like the birth fit path would be, okay, I'm going to take the birth fit prenatal series. And this is our version of birth education. And this is four weeks long. And this is done with mom and her birth partner. Like whoever she wants to have there in her labor. It could be dad, could not be. We don't, it's not always dad. But um, (laughs) yeah, so um, 80% of the time it is, but sometimes it's not. Um, So that's the birth, birth fit prenatal series, four weeks. And it's about three and a half to four hours um, each week. And we go through that and basically figure out your birth mission statement, um, your birth preferences. We do scenarios. Uh, and this is where like the birth education for a specific community comes into play because if like, let's say, um, 
out here in California versus, let's say, Texas or Wisconsin. Like, if somebody has a breech baby or twins or something, I have to know that, you know, what doctors will attempt a vaginal breech birth or what doctors won't. And, you know, okay, you have twins, then let's go these these healthcare providers and so on. Um, and each state varies a lot. So, yeah. you know... It, Eight years ago, it was cool for midwives in California to deliver breech babies um, and twins, I think, up to a certain point. But if you go, like, even in, let's say, Alabama, there's no midwives. Or, um, like, in New York, it's really hard for, there's actually no, I, I think the birth centers are few and far between, and it's really hard to become a midwife there. Um, so each state kind of varies, and knowing kind of what's going on in each state and city helps women know their options. Um, so that's, that's so interesting. So like literally it it's you're setting up to be a resource just for like the whole area for what your birth options are. Totally. Totally. That's awesome. Yeah. And you know, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know a lot of things, but I do know like, okay, there's a lot that like, even when I first started researching pregnancy, birth, postpartum, there's a lot that I would just uncover. And I'm like, nobody's telling us this stuff. Not even like, at the time, I was seeing a regular OB-GYN, and I didn't even know there were options other than having an OB-GYN in the hospital. And, you know, I just grew up middle America, you know. Right. So I was like, we've got to expose some of this, like, and get let women know that there's options for everything out there. That's the main goal. Yeah, that's interesting. Cause, so we had a, um, I used a midwife in a hospital. And yeah, I have brought it up to people. And they're like, when you say midwife, immediately people are like, are you doing a home birth? I'm like, no, no, I was in a delivery room. <laughs> Like my, like yeah. Miles was in the NICU within moments, but I, <laughs> you know, had a midwife and she was, yeah. you know, all my prenatal, all my postpartum. Like, unfortunately that particular clinic doesn't do well women visits, but like some midwives, you can go to them for everything. Right. Totally. That's what you do now. Yeah. Um, but you say midwife and people are like, Oh, are you, is it witchcraft? Are you birthing in a bus? Yeah. Like, no, that was just the one midwife that one time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so far out just what people's, um, I guess, preconceived notions are and, you yeah. know, just what it's been ingrained in them in the, from growing up. And, I mean, it's happened to me, you know. Mm-hmm. So, oh, wow. so let's talk a little bit about postpartum. So if you want to hear for all the listeners, if this is, if you did not listen to Lindsay's previous um, episode with us and you want to hear about prenatal and, you know, kind of like once you not only preparing for pregnancy, but, and then once you find out you're pregnant, kind of what are the steps you take and how do you think about your fitness and how do you think about your nutrition and all that good stuff? We've talked about that in episode 194. So go back and listen to that. If you are, either preparing for pregnancy or in the early stages of your pregnancy or anywhere in that journey prior to actually pushing a human out of your body (laughs) in one way or another (laughs) prior to the exit of the human from your body. However that happens for you, go listen to one episode 194. So now let's talk a little bit about after the human has exited your body. (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) Because that's a big event. Yeah. <laughs> the postpartum side of things. Um, yeah, so postpartum's gnarly and people <laughs> do not tell you about it. That's um, the best word to describe it. It's gnarly. <laughs> it's just like yeah, yeah, when I think of gnarly, like the word gnarly makes me think of like you just wiped out and you're not really sure where you are and like, oh man, <laughs> that was gnarly. Like that's exactly what it feels like after postpartum. You're like, Where am I? 
why don't I know which way is up? Why did no one tell me that I wouldn't know which yep. way is up? <laughs> yeah. Totally. And why am I crying every time I have to poop? <laughs> <laughs> so true. Oh, no. People, it's, I love, like, even if I've been with women, like, from even preconception on, and they know what I do, and, you know, we've worked together for years, and then they get pregnant, and then they go through this, they still tell me, like, on the other side, why didn't anybody tell me it was going to be this way? Yeah. <laughs> You're like, I did. Yeah. I was like, we could warn you, you know, till we're black and blue in the face, but everybody's postpartum experience is different. And, you know, I couldn't explain what it was going to be like to you or, you know, this woman over here or that woman. And you're literally going into the unknown. And even if you did, it it wouldn't make any sense. Like, I could tell you this is what it's going to be like, but it's not going to mean anything to you. Right. I think that was (laughs) the thing. I remember people tried to tell me, like, People tried to warn me, and it was like, that doesn't What mean. would they say to you? They would say, like, you're going to be so tired, but it's not what yeah. you think. And it's like, well, what does that mean? Or, like, you're going <laughs> to um, – I mean, I had postpartum depression, so it was a little bit different for me. But a lot of people would be like, you know, it's going to be the hardest thing you've ever done, and you're going to hate it, but you're also going to love it at the same time. And I was like, what does that mean? Like, <laughs> Or, like, nobody, nobody told me about that, like, literally, like, having anxiety every time I had to poop because it would hurt so bad. But mm-hmm. other than that, everybody, you know, like, the emotional part of it and the just, like, crazy upside-downness of it, everybody would try to ex- describe it. But it's like they were – you know, they might as well have been – like telling a colorblind person what color looks like. Like you just don't yeah. have that frame of reference. And so like I can appreciate what you're describing, but I don't know what it means. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good analogy. I like that. <laughs> feel free to, <laughs> feel free that. to take that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Totally. Totally. Um, yeah. I don't even know where y'all want to start with postpartum, but um, one of the biggest things I think is that our country has, and I might've mentioned this last time, like there's, no respect towards the postpartum period. Yeah. And in other cultures around the world, they like worship the ground this mom walks on. Um, you know, no matter what type of birth it is, they take care of her, they nourish her, um, they like put her on a pedestal, you know, so, like 40 days they may have meals planned out for her, they've got her chores covered, they may not um, do need her to do anything for like three months, but in our society it's like hey can you get that body back or can you show right. up back at work um you're like good luck back at costco anything yeah, yeah. you're back yeah. at browsing aisles at costco two days later yeah it's wild oh so that, that's the biggest i think the the thing that just bugs us the most is that there's no respect or space given to the postpartum the immediate postpartum period so i want to kind of circle back to that like let's put a pin in that for a second because I do at the end want to circle back and kind of talk about like if you are maybe what some resources are for people who to, to advocate for bringing in a maternity leave policy to their work or that type of a thing but I think yeah. like um starting from maybe not day one of postpartum but you know I think we can I don't want to get too in the weeds of like what to expect immediately like immediate immediate (laughs) postpartum because it's like kind of you know it's kind of gross and I want and it's but it's also so different for everyone um so I think kind of and I want to kind of look at it from uh you know kind of a fitness and health perspective like let's say okay mom mom's home you know whether she had a home birth or she's been in the hospital for for a couple days or whatever happened you're home you have your baby um what are kind of the first things that you tell a mom okay this is what you need 
um, in those first couple of weeks. And here's how you can kind of, here's how to best take care of yourself in those first couple of weeks. And here's how to start thinking about, I don't want to say get it back to your own life, getting back to your old life, because we all know that that never happens. But here's how to kind of think about. So the first two weeks, we always tell people like chill, like the first two weeks is your time that's spent with you, baby, dad, whoever the immediate family is. And um, that's for bonding that you got to learn each other's smells, you got to feel each other's rhythms. And that's just designed to be at home and cuddling. And that's when you like enroll your gym or your community into these um, meal trees or delivery services for food. And, um, you know, if you can, we like to see our clients for like a postpartum adjustment and I'll either go to people's houses or I'll meet them in the office and like some off hours type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the first two weeks, uh, we try to respect that a lot and just, you know, let people have their space. And you know, if they need anything, we're like, okay, let us know if you need food, trash taken out, whatever. Um, so that's, that goes on during the first two weeks. And you know, if you can, the more skin to skin, the better. Um, I just met, met up with a friend of mine in Santa Cruz and they had a baby last week and the dad was so awesome. He was like so stoked about the skin to skin time. He was like, I can, she just lays on my chest and it's like his face just lit up and it, it said everything, Aww. you know, and I know it's like, that's the reason for that is because dad has not even felt what mom's felt the whole pregnancy. And now yeah. he's starting to get to know this little human. It's so great. Um, So, yeah, that's the first two weeks. I usually tell moms, like, you're probably going to be sore no matter how the baby came out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I had one woman, and this woman did it, like, if we think of weightlifting and stuff like that, like, she very rarely lifted weights. This is probably, like, four or five years ago. And um, she had me come to her house, like, two days after her birth. And she had a home birth. And everything was chill. Everything was fine. But when I saw her, I, I thought, oh, wow. Like, she, not that you're going to look great after birth, but she didn't look very good at all. Like, she had, had not slept in, like, three days. Oh, no. And I was like, how are we doing? Like, what's going on? And she goes, I feel like I've been hit by a bus. <laughs> and I was like, I believe it, like, for sure. And then she corrected herself. She goes, actually... No, I feel like the bus came out of my vagina. And I was like, oh, okay, well, even better. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So. Like, I, I remember I kept, I would always say, like, I'm so glad that I, I, I mean, then even just pushing is so physically exhausting. Mm-hmm. I, and I remember waking up the next morning and everything, I mean, even my hands were sore from clenching my fists. Yeah. And I remember thinking, like, thank God I do CrossFit because I know, and I'm used to being oh. sore because otherwise I would be panicking right now. <laughs> yeah. Like this lady, she definitely did not know what being sore, you know, a day or two or three after a workout felt like. Yeah. So I think that was a bit of a shock to her too. But uh, she was like, it came out, a bus came out of my vagina. I was like, I get it. Wow. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I just try to tell people, take it easy. Like this is your time. Like this time's never going to come back. So use it. Even if you have other kids, like time and space you have with this little one right now will never come again. So use it and abuse it and make people do stuff for you. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I'm really big, like, if you can set up some sort of food situation, that totally helps out. Um, you know, it doesn't put the pressure on anybody in the immediate family to cook or figure out dinner at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sometimes we, like, in our birth and prenatal series, we talk about the postpartum side of things, and we just a little bit of planning in there. And, you know, if they don't live anywhere near let's say their immediate family or their gym hasn't set anything up, then, you know, a really good thing, a really awesome thing people like to do is just make meals and freeze them. Mm -hmm. And that's so simple, like so easy, but so clutch on the other side. Um, Yeah, so that's the first two weeks. Uh, Little things that you can find all kinds of tips online, like, okay, freeze witch hazel pads so you can wear them because that'll like cool off your vagina and make it feel better. Um, use some, what was it? There's some, all kinds of, um, little tips out there, like cabbage leaves for, um, putting on your nipples to help with like just the rawness of them. And cause that's, that's a whole nother ball game, the breastfeeding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but those little, like if you can lay and sleep and nap and breastfeed like days and mornings and everything's will all mesh together. But just do that the first two weeks and, you know, just what do we call it? We, uh, I think it's co-regulation is what we've termed that period for us because you're just figuring out life with the three of you and you've got to get on the same like wavelength together. But um, yeah, after that, so that would, that would be zero to two weeks and that's mm-hmm. like mandatory for us. Then we get into like two to six weeks and we call that the recovery period. So sometimes women start to feel really good like around three weeks or four weeks and they're like I feel great can I go back to the gym and we're like hell no um <laughs> like pump your brakes so around this time um and I think it's just because stuff is starting to fall into place like maybe they go out for like to the store they're able to like conquer um errands or things like that on their own and they're like this is awesome um, yeah and you want your normalcy back like totally. you you kind of emerge, I feel like, from those first couple of weeks where it's totally, it's okay to kind of have everything upside down. And But after a week or so of that, you kind of start to crave, like, okay, I want my routine back. I want my normalcy back. You yeah. Know. You're like, I got to do something. Yeah, exactly. Um, and some women get really antsy to get out of the house. Some women don't. Like, everybody's different. And, you know, I tell people to respect that. Like, just because so-and-so wanted to stay in all six weeks doesn't mean you have to or vice versa. Um, so if they, if a mom gets really antsy and she's like, I got to do something, I usually tell her, okay, put the baby on, like wear the baby in front close enough to kiss and then go for a walk. Start with 15 to 20 minutes, go for a walk with the baby, come back and see how you feel the next day. And, you know, for us that have worked out, we know that, okay, muscle soreness can be super delayed or things can happen in the next 24 to 36 hours. And this is often the case in this situation, you know. Um, it's just a much milder version of working out. <laughs> Lindsay, I have a quick question for you. Yeah. Do, is this yeah. because, so, and, and I know, like, women are going to be antsy to, to get up, get moving, and go back to their, quote-unquote, normal lives. But, like, is the purpose that you're saying, like, slow your roll because they're at risk for doing more harm mm-hmm. than good? Like, what's the, what is, like, for the sure. whole purpose behind that? For sure. Um Definitely. And I'll try to, I try to say this in the simplest terms, but there's a lot of stuff going on on the inside that we can't see. And 
basically you pushed a baby out or through an operation, a baby came out. And then also a placenta. The placenta is the organ that was feeding the baby or, you know, keeping baby alive. And, you know, especially like the placenta was attached to you and that came apart. So I like to tell people this is like super simple version. Like you almost picked a scab from the inside. And so that's, you know, sometimes women bleed for a little longer of a time, like two to three to four weeks. Sometimes women bleed for six days and that's it. But you know, stuff's healing on the inside and it takes soft tissue, you know, on average around 280 days to completely heal. Like that's what, close to six months? Like that's a long time. Um, so yeah, definitely at risk for causing just uh, on the most common thing, like musculoskeletal issues and especially, you know, focused on the pelvic floor or hips and lumbar spine, that sort of thing. Um, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, that totally makes sense. Totally. <laughs> um, but yeah, so if they get antsy, I tell them to go on a walk, see how they feel the next day. Like, I definitely don't let them walk, you know, with intention or for exercise purposes two days in a row. And I want them to, like, check in with their bodies and see how they feel the next day. I would say at least 50% of the time, um, I'll have somebody that starts bleeding again or um, they just get super sore and achy the next day. And they're like, yeah, it just didn't feel right. I'm like, yeah, let's chill. Like, let's go on a five-minute walk or, you know, just chill around the house and stick with some belly breathing and, you know, parts of the functional progression. Um, and we usually start the functional progression around this time too. And I don't know if I mentioned anything about the functional progression on the last one. I can't remember. But this is... I want to say our daily movement nutrients. And this is um, a series that actually Dr. Erica Boland out of Wisconsin created the series, but it's designed to mimic how babies learn to move in the first 12 to 18 months of their life. And this should be, every human should be able to do all these movements and create this intra-abdominal pressure. Um, and that's what babies learn to do in the first year of life, which obviously is really important. So this is where we take it back in the postpartum side of things. And, um, and, and you know, this was also, I, I go off on tangents, but this was also one of my biggest hangups for um, not putting stuff online for so long is because I have to like work with postpartum patients a lot to reestablish that connection from their brain to their core. And when I work with them, and same for the other chiros involved, like our hands are on their belly, they're on their groins, they're on their lower back. That connection from the brain down to the core is really hard to establish after birth of any kind. And, um, you know, that that needs to happen somewhere between weeks, the two weeks postpartum to six weeks postpartum to three months postpartum. Somewhere in that time period, we like to start establish, reestablishing that intra-abdominal pressure within those basic movements. It, it, it is interesting, yeah. like, how much um, connection you lose with your core. And I, you know, it happens so gradually when you're pregnant that you kind of don't realize it. And then when you try to get it back, it's like, oh, my gosh, I yeah. cannot engage at all. Totally, totally. And it's like your brain's – and I'm, I can relate this to – like, if you've ever had an injury or a surgery of any kind, you know, like – Whenever I had my knee injury, like, 
I was trying to flex my quad. It just wouldn't go. <laughs> like it took about three months for me to learn how to flex my quad properly or use my glutes. And that was like three months of literally me being pissed, crying in the PT office. Like I'm trying, like it's just not going. But like, that's what I do. It's the same sort of scenario with the women and the postpartum side of things, especially that in those first few months is like, they're literally trying to think about, you know, using parts of their core, the part that I'm tapping on or trying to get them to focus on. But it's like, there's been such a shock and change and, you know, even trauma, like even though it's a good trauma, like all that has happened right there. And so it takes a little bit of time to reestablish that motor neural connection um, through any muscles in and around the core. But yeah, um, so there's a good, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, so that's why you kind of hesitated to put things online, but do you feel like you've kind of found a way to, how have you incorporated that for folks who are doing it at home? <laughs> for sure. Um, lots of videos, <laughs> uh, lots of videos. And, you know, right when I feel like we have a good breath video, then we redo it. And I'm like, no, this one's better. This is a different way. Um, it shows a different angle. But, um, yeah, I would say the videos have helped out a lot. Also, like when women have questions and they set up the consultations, like um, especially with Dr. Erica, she'll like she's the pelvic floor and core expert and um, I'll get them to video and she loves analyzing their movements within um, the video and then getting on the phone and talking with them like either phone or Skype or wherever they are, you know, it just depends. But, you know, video saved us for the online thing. And I think, you know, we're fortunate enough to live in a day and age where it's so accessible, but yeah. I have, okay. a, I have a question, but yeah. I don't know. Claire, where do you want to go with this? Because I have a couple questions, too. <laughs> go for it. Well, I just don't want to go too far away because I don't know, like, if there's a certain angle. But I want to. I definitely want to talk a little bit about emotions. Claire, you can probably speak more to this. But, like, I've heard a lot of women who are right after having a baby that they're like, well, I don't know if this is my – these are my regular emotions. Like, I went through a lot. But so they kind of push off even having postpartum depression. So I guess I want to talk a little bit about that, too, of, like – that piece and also educating women before they have a baby of recognizing these signs and symptoms because I think a lot of women take a long time to reach out for help. Yeah, I think people expect, and I don't know if like this is everyone, but if they hear like, oh, you're going to have a baby and it's going to be so happy, they don't ever think like there's going to be lows with that. Um, but post the postpartum blues, like some people will mention this, and I think this is really good to mention is the postpartum blues, like sadness is going to happen. Like you are almost, and, and a lot of women will experience this. Like you're mourning the identity that you once had, and that's okay to be sad. Like that life and that identity is gone and you're morphing into this beautiful queen in training, this new mother, this new person. Um, so there's a kind of sadness and um, blues they call it blues, but um, that comes along with it. And that's normal. The baby um, blues, right? Baby blues. <laughs> that's where yeah. that term came from. <laughs> totally. Um, but I think having, you know, some allies, as we like to call them, set up in place to have your back, like support you and maybe not always um, give you suggestions, but to be able to listen to you in a non-judgmental type of way and just your rock. Like if you can have one or two allies set up to say, hey, if I can call you on the other side, like after baby comes and just vent, I would really appreciate that. 
you know, each of us probably has one or two friends that they usually offer no opinion and they'll just listen to us. Um, I think that's really important to have. Um, Kirsten in San Diego, birth at San Diego, wrote a blog one time about that, like setting up your allies. And I just think that's really important to have uh, just for emotional support. And I love um, that term too. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, they're, I think it's really important to distinguish like, hey, they're not there to give you solutions. In fact, you don't need, I don't even want them to give me a solution because it might not be the solution that I want or my family needs, but I just need an ear and, you know, some love. Um, but yeah, there's, um, especially if women become isolated or, you know, the biggest thing is insomnia. Like if women are losing a ton of sleep, um, then anxiety can take over, irritability, uh, even difficulty bonding with the baby. Um, that can turn into like the postpartum depression side of things. And, you know, that's that's real and it's tough. And I think it's something like one in three women get, maybe one in two. Um, but it's, it's very real. And I think it a lot of times goes unnoticed for, you know, an extended period of time. Um, it's rough. And I wish... Um, there was more set up for in our society and in our community to kind of support that. And, you know, this is one reason why I love our birth fit postpartum series is because this is a community and women are encouraged to talk about anything and everything that they're going through. And, you know, oftentimes, um, when one woman comes in and she's wearing the weight of the world on her shoulder and she starts crying, the other woman next to her, she's like, oh my God, I totally know what you're going through. I experienced that last week or, you know, two, two months ago. And, you know, they can relate and they can help each other get out of these holes that I feel like they're stuck in. Um, but yeah, sometimes postpartum depression does need something like an antidepressant or um, some sort of medical intervention. And I want to say only within the like... Um, I've only had a few cases like that where like movement and nutrition didn't um, movement, nutrition and kind of the socialization aspect of it didn't help. Um, and that maybe two or three cases in the last six to seven years. And these two cases that I'm thinking of, both of these moms were vegetarians. So I don't know if that has to do with it at all, but I do know, you know, like the depression side of things happens in the brain and, you know, the, there's some theories out there that they may not be getting enough fat-soluble vitamins, nutrients, minerals, things like that. So I don't know. I think there's a lot of research that needs to go into it. Yeah, it's interesting. So I, I think, Joy, also to a little bit just coming from experience, answer your question about, you know, those first couple of weeks, like you are so out of it and everything is feels very crazy um, and that it is really <clears throat> it is really hard to – pinpoint like what is and what isn't normal because it's not something you've ever been through before and so I think a, a reason that a lot of women you know take a while to even realize what they're going through is postpartum depression and not just like the quote-unquote baby blues is that you have no frame of reference for what is happening to you and so you know like for me I mean, I was having suicidal thoughts. And so that for me was like, okay, I'm crossing the line here. Like that was a very clear black Red and white when I, yeah. Yeah, when I started feeling like when I was like walking with miles and thinking like I could just jump in the river right now. Like that was mm -hmm. when I was like, okay, this is not ba the baby blues. This is not like crying at a Hallmark commercial. This is like serious. Not safe. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But I think 
And I also think when I look back at my late pregnancy, most like clinical postpartum depression, not most, but I think a third of clinical postpartum depression um, actually they've shown actually starts before you even have your baby. Mm -mm. And if I look back the last couple of weeks in my pregnancy, I was incredibly high anxiety more so than I typically am, um, which even my, my baseline level is like, you know, crosses into clinical anxiety a lot of the time. And, um, you know, I think I, like, if I look back on it, I, I knew right away in my gut, like, this is not what I'm supposed to be feeling, Mm. but I just didn't because everything else around me was so crazy. I just, it's not even that I ignored it. It was just like, I had no emotional resources to dedicate to wondering about that, to like thinking about it. It was just like, I am in survival mode. And that I think is a hard thing is that you really are those first couple of weeks. Like, honestly, no matter how much support you have, you're kind of in survival mode. And so, um, it's definitely tough to, to be able to take a step back and look at what you're going through and assess like, is this normal or not? Yeah. I, that's, that's super interesting to relate that back to even prior to birth, but it makes so much sense. Yeah. It's interesting. Like, it's interesting. What So I, I ended up going through, I think I told you a little about this when my, maybe in the last episode or when we emailed or something, mm-hmm. but so I, I had, and I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast, but I ended up having a super, super long kind of not like super traumatic birth, but like I was in labor for 37 hours, like pushed for an hour and a half miles finally was born, was taken directly to the NICU. Like it just was not, you know, the way, yeah, it was kind of an ordeal. So, um, and when we got home, I just really had no idea, you know, we obviously you have no idea what you're doing, but I also going into that immediate postpartum period, I really was not the type of person who ever talked about feelings I didn't really pay attention to my feelings like so I just didn't have a vocabulary even for what I was going through yeah and it was so you know just like that initial period of like man something is wrong and I but I can't explain it and I can't verbalize it but I know you know like and I've talked I've talked about this a little bit where like I love Miles I know I didn't want anything to happen to him but I just didn't feel like he was mine it was like this baby is amazing and I would never want any harm to come to him I only want the best for him but like who's when when is his mom going to come pick him up right there's a disconnect there exactly and but I didn't know you know it was like you need some time so you know and who's to say like I remember the first the last couple weeks going in out of my pregnancy, I was so freaked out about like, what, what happens if I don't like him? What happens if I don't like being a mom? And you know, all my friends were like, you'll get there, you'll get there. But so I kind of had that mindset going into it. And I don't, anyway, I ended up um, taking antidepressants, going into a like clinical group and mm-hmm. doing like a once a week for four hours a day, um, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like support group slash one-on-one. Anyway, it was kind of like a whole thing. But, um, and I think the biggest you know, when I first got in there, I felt like, man, I don't have anything to complain about because some of these women are in abusive relationships. You know, some of them are like had really, really traumatic births or coming out of like stillbirth situations or that type of a thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have a super healthy baby. I have a really supportive partner. I have a super supportive family. And you just kind of, you know, you just realize like it doesn't matter, you know, and kind of like I think it's interesting to, you know, to think about, okay, what other parts of my diet or exercise or anything like that could have contributed to this like leading up you know it's like you check all the boxes yeah and anyway it's just um having gone through that you know I just think like nothing can prepare you but at the same time the biggest thing that I tell people and I've 
started reaching out to all my friends and they had babies and saying like, listen, what you're, the next couple of weeks are going to be crazy, but you will eventually find a new normal. If at any point you are feeling like you have a, even just like a hint of like, I don't think what I'm feeling is right. Mm. Like you, you know, like trust that instinct. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah. So that I, I think you would be a great ally for people to have on the other side because you've obviously been through it and you know, you felt it and you know what to look out for like that. You'd be such an awesome resource for women. Um, I think that's, that's good. How was the, I mean, may I ask this? Um, how was the like group setting? Like, was it, would you think that the group counseling or the group setting type of situation, was that supportive or like, what do you think helped you the most getting through that? I think the group thing was super helpful. And it, so it, what it was, was it was like, I want to say eight or 10 women and it was run by a social worker um, oh. and our, you know, babies were in the other room and we kind of every week had a theme and, okay. um, you know, it, it, I think the biggest thing was like, first of all, I was in a position where I, like I said, like I, I did not know how to talk about my emotions. And so I didn't. I was starting at ground zero of like, what am I even feeling and how do I deal with it? And so it was really helpful to hear people say, like, literally, I was at a point where someone would ask me, so what are you feeling? And I wouldn't, I literally wouldn't be able to say like, well, I'm feeling sad. I would say like, well, you know, I'm feeling like that feeling when this happens, like, that's what I feel like. You know, Uh I had to describe it. I couldn't, I had no words for it. And so just getting, gaining that vocabulary by being in a group of other women and hearing what they were going through and being able to, you know, like anything, just that normalizing is really helpful. Um, but I think the biggest thing that was helpful about it was feeling like I was seen and that mm-hmm. I had somebody to advocate for me and somebody to say like, to really, you know, validate what I was going through and saying, no, you're right. This is not normal. And like, you need to, you know, take control of, of what's happening. And like there, you can get help. There are things that you can do. And just like that fact alone of somebody looking at me and saying like, no, you're right. What you're going through is not normal was so helpful yeah yeah no I think that uh, it sounds the support group and the just having people around you is so important and and I hate to like like that's one of the things that we've evolved over time with our postpartum series is more talking and yes that is you know not ideal like some people want to that or they sign up thinking oh I'm gonna get back in shape and that's the last objective, that's not even an objective of our birth fit postpartum series. Um, it's, you know, you're in this group setting and we take you through a rehab sort of program for body, for a postpartum body. But the, I think the true meat and potatoes of the postpartum series is that group discussion and, you know, talking about how you feel, um, you know, what you're going through. And like you said, feeling like you've been seen because you may go a whole day if dad's back at work or, you know, you're in an apartment all alone and, you know, maybe have had no adult conversation that day. And that's tough. Yeah. And it's yeah. and it's hard to just like, um, I you know, I think a lot of people like for me, I'm kind of the first person in my group of friends to have kids. And now my friends are starting to have kids, but I didn't have uh-huh. anybody who I was super close to to say, like, is this normal? And right. Um, you know, I had other, I definitely had people in my community. Like I have one great mentor who's actually a a postpartum doula. Um, and she was kind of one of the first people who helped me really say like, yes, you need to reach out and advocate for yourself. And like, you need to get help, like what you're feeling as a normal, but it, anyway, it's just, it's such a new experience. Everything about it is new that it's so easy to justify 
any feeling you're having and just brushing it off. And it's so easy for other people to brush it off and say like, oh, you're just feeling, you know, you're just feeling this way because you're tired or you're just feeling this way because, and it's like, I mean, there is that for sure. Then that's a huge component of it. And, but I remember, um, towards the end of my support group, one of the doctors saying something to me that I love where she was like, it doesn't matter why you're feeling this way. Sure. It might just be because you're really, you're overtired or it might just be because your hormone or their hor- your hormones are crazy. It doesn't yeah. matter why you're feeling that way. The fact is you are feeling that way and you don't need to, and it's not normal. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter if, you know, compare situations to other moms, but yeah, right. you have to take what you're feeling and let's figure out how to fix this or navigate this situation. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I always tell like, and this, we can go off on tangents on this, but um, I do all the time. Um, I always <laughs> tell women, you know, they're, you're going to face the hardest thing you've ever faced in your life during this motherhood transition. And that doesn't always mean it's in pregnancy or even in the birth scenario. Like a lot of the times, it happens on the postpartum side, mm-hmm. like the immediate postpartum. And it could be something like the postpartum depression. Um, it could be something like a birth injury or, you know, after the baby's born, maybe something like um, hemorrhaging or something like that. Um, and, you know, a lot of it, I think postpartum depression is, you know, obviously emotional related, but I'll give you an example. Um, one of the girls... Uh, that's, she's now uh, a birth fit regional director, but she wasn't at the time. And um, she's never had a sport injury or anything to like put her on the sidelines. And she's one of these that's like, go, go, go. Um, she gave birth in the hospital and she had an epidural. And, you know, everything was just smooth sailing throughout her pregnancy. And even her labor like started just water broke, contraction started, like, it was almost like a movie, like, are you kidding me, like, the water <laughs> breaks, um, but, uh, the, whenever she got, she had an epidural, and then they, at the hospital, they encouraged her to push, and she's very strong, like, she's got freaking strong-ass legs, and she ended up pushing, and, you know, with an epidural, you can't feel, right. and, um, so she ended up spraining her pubic symphysis, And, you know, this is lumped into a term called symphysis pubic dysfunction. And this was the first, and this is a musculoskeletal issue. But with her, it was the result of birth, you know, labor and delivery. Um, So she's sitting in the hospital, baby on her chest. um, And, you know, a few hours later, she's like, I got to go to the bathroom. And I think I have to pee. And, you know, at this point, if you're any other person... They just kind of help you out of the bed and either shuffle you along to the bathroom. Like, yeah. And mm-hmm. she didn't, like, she said she got out of bed or, like, put one foot on the ground and tried to bring the other leg over, and it just wasn't working out. Like, if she were to try to spread her legs any wider than, like, six to eight inches, it was just excruciating pain in her pubic bone area. And you know, she would tell people this, like the nurses there, and they're like, oh, you just had a baby, you know, duh. And (laughs) she's like, no, I I think this is not right. Like, and it took her, she got, I think she used the bathroom, she got home from the hospital, um, but she had to be wheeled out in a wheelchair 
um, which was like new for her. She's never been in a wheelchair. She's never had a musculoskeletal injury. She got home and her husband called me and was like, do you think you could come over? And, you know, by the time I got there, this was like two days later, like, yeah, you for sure sprained your pelvis. Um, yeah. But nobody, nobody told her that. Nobody gave her the heads up. They just, like, similar to the postpartum depression, you know, it's just, it's part of the gig. Um, and it's like, no, actually, this is past the threshold or past the point. Um, you know, they just, they just kind of let her go. And it was really frustrating. And I think for her, you know, this sidelined her, this made her immobile for si- literally six weeks. And, um, oh yeah, and nobody validated that until... You know, finally, I was like, yeah, you actually freaking sprained your pelvis. Let's right, you're not out. just weak. Like, this is not just what every woman goes through. Yeah, like, this, I, I've not seen this in a long time, so <laughs> this is yeah. strange. Um, but, yeah, I usually tell women, you're going to face the, the hardest thing that you're going to have to face in your life. And it may be, you know, it may be postpartum depression. It may be a birth injury. It may be... Um, um, like deciding if you're going to have a vaginal breech birth or a cesarean. It may be like a decision like that. It may be, okay, do I circumcise? Do I vaccinate? Do like all like being a parent's freaking hard and the choices <laughs> are loaded up. Yeah. It's gnarly. <laughs> um, so yeah. And I think what it comes down to, and this is what we talk about in our prenatal series is you have to figure out what makes you tick deep down on the inside and, and it's really hard because when you think, like, I've gone through some gnarly shit in my life and each time I'm like, okay, what's this, what am I learning here? What's this, what's the universe trying to teach me here? And just when you think you're, like, uncovering at the deepest level, then life goes and shows you, no, you got to uncover more. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, each little, each obstacle, you know, we have to just dig deep, make sure we have our values make sure we know what's important to us and make sure we know what ticks. And then, okay, maybe I want to choose this and not this. Or maybe I need to, instead of, you know, moving and going, going, going like this woman did, I need to work on meditation, slowing down, breathing. And maybe this is my body telling me or doing this to me so that I actually slow down and bond with this baby. And, you know, for her, I think that's what she kind of realized was like, oh, I was supposed to go back to work at six weeks. I was supposed, like, she was just so driven. And I think, you know, she had a huge mindset shift. Like, oh, the universe is trying to tell me something here. Yeah. But I don't know what those obstacles are for everybody. So, you know, it just happens. And we have to have that growth mindset and hit the things head on. Yeah, and it's so different. I mean, every, like you're, you've been saying, like, for everyone, some people are at six days, they're like, I'm ready to get back into the gym. And yeah. some people at six weeks, they're like, I'm still not ready to put real Do pants anything. on. Yeah, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh my no. goodness. So, okay. So I, I do want to kind of circle back for just a second because I know that probably a lot of people are listening to this thinking like, okay, th- like I, this is all fine and good, but I'm pregnant or I'm recently postpartum or whatever. Pregnancy is on my radar in some way. And I want to know when can I, when and how can I get back to being active? When can I work out? <laughs> yeah. When can I go back to the gym? Come on, Lindsay. It's called yeah, yeah. the whole second half of birth fit is fit. I know. <laughs> when people, whenever they hear me say, you can't do anything for two weeks, they're like, what? I'm like, no. <laughs> hey, that was not the deal. 
Yeah, I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, so around, depending on, like, the earliest, earliest, we'll start incorporating walks and more than five reps of the functional progression will be around four to five weeks postpartum. And usually this looks like either the functional progression, maybe 10 reps total per movement milestone and focusing on some transitions. And then with like 20 to 30 minute walks, maybe two or three times a week, that would be around uh, weeks four and five. And if we can get through, you know, two or three days of training, and I say training in quotations, then we can up the volume the next week. And so the next week maybe will be the BirthFit postpartum program online, or it may be into one of our postpartum series, whether it's the BirthFit Breath and Flow edition or the original BirthFit postpartum series. But I usually like to have two weeks of that, of mom like moving around before any kind of um, training day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for, and I'll give you the, uh, the background. Usually the moms that um, uh, come back soon, and th- this can be a, a wide range. So I would say the moms that are around four weeks, five weeks, six weeks, somewhere in there, they usually like the home birth with no drugs, unmedicated would fall into that category, especially if it was usually under like 24 hours. Um, but, you know, if, let's say if they had a home birth and it was three days, you know, it's very rare for me to see that mom completely recovered under six weeks. Um, then, you know, I've seen moms where let's say they went into labor and then they chose um, a non-medical cesarean but there wasn't a lot of um, medication involved. Like maybe they get, didn't get an epidural. Maybe they did not get any Pitocin or like that. Um, then they usually recover a little bit quicker than, let's say, a mom that did the epidural, did the Pitocin, and then did a C-section. Or even just did the epidural and Pitocin and had a, a vaginal birth. I think the, the medication affects people a lot differently. And I think it just our bodies need time to process that and filter it out um you know i've had a mom that had a um a vaginal birth and her labor was about a day long and she had she she was a skier and she had a gnarly skiing accident in between babies one and two and um she had a gnarly surgery on her i think it was her right lower leg broke her tibia had some pins put in there but the epidural really messed with her after that. And um, she had severe numbness tingling all down her right leg for about six to eight weeks after oh, wow. um, yeah, her vaginal birth. Like she couldn't feel anything from like her knee down. Um, Weird. Yeah. So the medication, I think, you know, oftentimes docs don't really tell us the risks that come with medications. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think it they affect everybody so differently. And I've seen some, you know, like with the woman that pushed you hard, or like it's, it's, it, there's a whole array of things that can be, you know, pinpointed back to either the amount of Pitocin or epidural that was, or other medications that were used during the birth process. Yeah, definitely. And it's also, um, you know, like you were saying before, like how, what your fitness level is going in, what your nutrition is coming mm-hmm. out. Like it's just, and just like anything, everybody that, is so different. Yeah, all that plays a f- role, a factor into this. Um, yeah, 
Yeah, and like you said, the mindset is huge. Like if you're not ready to embrace the the chaos and uncertainty that's on the other side, it could be a real wake up call. Totally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally. Yes. Uh, so yeah. um so once you I mean, I, I know that we're we're running out of time rapidly here, but um I think if maybe if you could give like just one piece of advice to mm. that postpartum mom who is like ready and raring to go is feeling pretty good is just not really, you know, is not really seeing any reason to pump the brakes. Yeah. What yeah. would you say to them? Oh, oh, I'm like, slow down. Um, <laughs> we like to use the phrase and especially in the first year postpartum. And I actually think it was magic Mel that said this slow is fast. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's not going to be another opportunity, like I said earlier, to bond with this baby. But also, you know, when else have we given ourselves space and time to actually hone in and be intentional with movement and practice breath and really just solidify proper movement patterns? And, you know, I think this postpartum period, if we could just shift our minds a little bit and start to think of it as a room for opportunity instead of, oh shit, I have so far to go. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, um, you know, every day is a freaking victory. So just looking at it with a little bit of a shift in your mindset is, is huge. Yeah. Um, we like the whole first year we say is immediate postpartum. And like I said earlier, zero to two weeks would be the co-regulation period. And then the t- two to six weeks would be more recovery. So if you think about, okay, what do I do when I recover from a hard workout, like like a hero workout, like that's more relatable than like just 21, 15, 9, but like a long ass hero workout, you know, you probably won't go and do anything the next day um, and definitely not like another hero workout within that same week. Like I hope not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so like that's, you're recovering at least through the six week mark and you know for some women it's longer and then you get into the six to 12 week mark and that would be the rehab phase um and that would be you know the pre postpartum series or the postpartum program and if you think about this like you're rehabbing your body after birth it doesn't matter if it's vaginal or cesarean like there are certain things that need to be like you've got to connect with the core again you've got to wake up the glutes again you got to navigate and get to know this new body and experience this world with this new body um and then you know from three months to 12 months that'll take you through the end of the first year and that would be all rebuilding to us and you know for some moms they get to the six month mark and they're like oh I feel good I feel like going heavy and then they're like oh let me try maxing out again and that works for others you know they may not feel like doing anything like just continuously rebuilding for the whole first year and that's completely fine um and I think you know as as long as our society like we're heading in a great direction you know as long as we bring more attention and awareness to this period and we start to respect it a little bit more, I think women will feel like they have the room to just be in this period for what it is and embrace it and, you know, learn to navigate through this new chapter of their life. Yeah. And I love um, what you guys say about that postpartum lasts forever. 
And yeah. you know, I think when you think about like maternity leave lasting lasting twelve weeks, or people saying like nine months out, you know, nine months in, nine months out, and it's like, no, you, <laughs> you know, people say it took your body nine months to change, like give it nine months to change back. It's like, no, you're gonna need to give it like two to three times that amount of time, actually. <laughs> Yeah. You know, even the first year, I remember feeling just so much pressure to like by the time Miles is Miles turns one, I have to be back to my pre baby weight or whatever. And it's like even now I'm, you know, Miles is 20 months and literally only probably in the last six weeks have I started feeling like, okay, this is my body again. Like I recognize this. I can I can tell what to do and it's going to listen. And not even again, like I hesitate to use that word because I don't want it. Because it's not like I went back to where I was. It's just that finally after over a year and a half later, have I gotten to the point where I recognize and can talk to my body again. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it just is not, it totally. takes that long. I mean, it's like I, you know, have friends who turn around and get pregnant right away. And I like, obviously that's your choice to do what you need to do for your family. <laughs> but I think it would. Yeah it would be so hard to kind of just jump right back into because it's like if you really, at least for me, it's taken yeah this long to even just feel like I'm beginning to get back to the place where I'm like back in my own body. But where, yeah, where you're okay with your body and you're like, yeah. okay, we're in this together. We got this. Right. Um. <laughs> not just going rogue anymore. Yeah. Um, so I do really quickly want to touch on, um, you know, kind of talking about that maternity leave and talking about the the direction our society is going with honoring mm. postpartum moms. Um, are there resources out there? Do you have resources? Where would you point mm. people to say, okay, you know, if you want to be an advocate in your workplace or in your community for maternity leave or for, um, you know, just parental leave because paternity leave is just as important. Um, oh, totally. You know, do you have any any suggestions or resources for folks? Oh, uh, I would say like there's I don't know one general one because each community is a little different. Mm-hmm. Um, mom, I've heard momrising.org is a good one, um, but there's tons of resources in each. I would say big cities, maybe not little communities, but like Los Angeles has different counselors, different groups. Um, and you know, the, honestly, the best place I would start would be, um, baby wearing international. Um, they have groups all over the United States that will teach baby wearing for free, which is an awesome way to connect with baby. But also they would know more in the, um, like how, advocates what, what am I trying to say like the line of action for advocates to go um to find local resources in your area mm-hmm. and you know more and more as birth fit regional directors um become established they will also have like oh this doc is good or this group is good the support group knows what's up um yeah so I think just knowing your community is the best part um mm-hmm. there is a cool thing I just found out um which I don't know how much anybody's heard about this, but CrossFit, the actual organization um, for women that work for CrossFit, um, they actually get, I think, something like 16 to 18 weeks paid leave, full paid leave now. Wow. So I found out through my friend. Yeah. I was like so blown away by this. Yeah. It was amazing. More Um, reasons to want to work for CrossFit. Dang it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But I think, as more companies evolve and realize, okay, we've got to take care of our women, we've got to take care of our communities, I think if you're in a place and you feel comfortable enough saying something, 
then say something, you know, um, even, and I'll give an example, like even at our gym, Deuce Gym, like we're not a huge business. And so we make it work whenever people have babies and they need time off and we work together. But, um, you know, if you're at a place where you can say something and say something and, you know, it, the change may not happen with you, but it will happen. Maybe smaller change happens with you and then a bigger change happens for the next person behind you. And I think that's so crucial. Awesome. All right, Lindsay. Thank you so much for all the time. I feel like as, Lindsay, as so always, great. we could just keep talking the whole night. I know. You're so soothing to talk to, too. I just like listening to you. Oh, thanks. I feel like I'm talking to my girlfriends here. It's so good. <laughs> we are your girlfriends, Lindsay. That's yeah. accurate. God, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so listeners can find you at birthfit.com anywhere else. Everything social is birthfit, correct? Everything social is birthfit for sure. Birthfit.com. Right. Are you going to be at the games? No, I will not be. I know that's like a shock. Um, Logan may be there actually, but um, I just told Erica, my Birthfit Wisconsin regional director, I was like, I can't come out to the games because our summit will have just happened and then I'll have two coach seminars back to back. I'm like, I can't make that happen. That's fair. <laughs> well, if you yeah. change your mind and you want to come hang out, we're going to have like a big uh, open house at Brandon's parents' house. They live in Madison. So. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. If you want to crash on the couch at Brandon's parents' house, you're more than welcome to make a split-second decision. awesome. I love it. Oh, thank you, Lindsay. Thanks again. It was really nice to talk to you. You all, too. Enjoy your week. Thanks, you, too. Have a great night. All right. Bye, girls. Bye-bye.